0: I'm telling you we you know we've for years we've run discipleship school and we morph it every time we do to try and get more people to be included. This year we're actually building it so that you can work full time and still attend discipleship school. That is an incredible thing. So Wednesday nights for about 3 or 4 hours and then Sunday Saturday mornings for the same to kind of build into this it, and Pastor Maddie and Ashley are amazing leaders and uh, this is going to be by the way, the Discipleship School is also international. We're going to be having students in different parts of the world that will be joining in to this Discipleship School online. Isn't that incredible what God is doing? Amen? So God is amazing. <laughs> so very excited about that and uh, very excited about what the Lord is doing in our midst. We are on the Overcomers series. We're going to be on this series for the next three weeks and we're going to finish it for our, heading into our summer series. Uh, but uh, the, the, the time of fasting and prayer has just been incredible. I encourage you to jump on board if, you're, if you haven't already. You know, there are still churches joining us online and uh, joining in when they hear about the story and they're jumping on board. God is amazing. Well, I thought about how do I live as an overcomer? Pastor Greg, if we've only got a couple of weeks left in this series on Overcomer, how do I do that? And really, I want to talk about for the next three weeks the Overcomer's Disciplines. The overcomer's discipline. You see, um, all of us in life, we understand that we need discipline in order to, to live our lives. But let me just read about discipline a little bit here. Discipline provides people with rules to live their lives efficiently and effectively. When you have discipline in your life, you can make small sacrifices in the present for a better life in the future. Discipline creates habits. Habits make routines, and routines become who you are daily. Or as Ralph Waldo Emerson has said, "'Sow a thought and you reap an action. "'Sow an act and you reap a habit. "'Sow a habit and you reap a character. "'Sow a character and you reap a destiny.'" We all get disciplines and, uh, you know, if you want to be uh, in every realm in life, and, you know, athletes enter into a disciplined training re- regiment. Musicians have to have a discipline practice schedule. You know, academics have a disciplined study habit. And, and disciplines in our life, we get that when we understand that. And they all, all these disciplines create and do different things. But I want you to understand something, and I'm going to explain this. Spiritual disciplines only have one goal. All spiritual disciplines have one goal, and that goal is to receive the grace of God. That's it. <laughs> the entirety of spiritual disciplines in your life is to position yourself in such a way that God can fill you with grace. Why is that? Because grace is the power source of the overcomer's life. And and you can go through these scriptures. I'm going to rip through them really quickly, but we are saved by grace, Ephesians 2.8. We are called by grace, Galatians 1.15. We believe through grace, Acts 18.27. We are justified by grace, Romans 3.24. The gifts of the Spirit come by the grace of God. We are accepted by grace, Ephesians 1.6. We are trained and changed by the grace of God, Titus 2.11. Whew, could you go back? What was number three? You're going to have to go online and watch it again. Amen? Amen. (laughs) <laughs> like I didn't get number three. I didn't get it either. I'm just whipping through it. Here we go. For the grace of God brings salvation, it says in Titus 211, that has appeared to all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly love, so that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Guys, there is a grace that can help you as an overcomer in this present age. It is not void of the power to change your life and to lead your life today. In the midst of all things, there's a grace that can come to you. So is grace something that we earn? You know, if we work really hard, we'll get more grace. I'm going to quote a great theologian, a member of our church family, Luke Inberg. Here we go. (laughs) I am telling you today, there is no amount of dollars or devotion that can qualify you to receive God's grace. If you are living that way, thinking that way, believing that way, you are holding your breath. And God wants to set you free from that so that you can breathe freely and receive his grace every day. Isn't that good? Luke's right here, so Luke, you you can pay him dividends for that, amen? You can't earn grace, you can't earn it, church, you can't earn it, so do we just wait around and God, like a big good God, just pushes a big bag of grace off a cloud and it lands on us? No, 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 listen to me. Just because you can't earn it doesn't mean there's not an effort to position yourself to receive it. And so that's what we want to understand. Another great theologian said this, grace is not opposed to effort, it is opposed to earning. So how do we position ourselves? What are these spiritual disciplines to receive grace? Well, we better find out what is grace. And the greatest, I love this definition. This is from the Exhaustive Concordance. And it says, grace is the divine influence of God upon the heart of the believer and how it reflects in and through their lives. All grace is, is is the presence of God invading the believer. That's grace. Grace. That's why you position everything you do in a spiritual discipline is simply to position yourself to be in God's presence. Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? (laughs) So that's what we're going to unpack and start to begin to understand over the next few weeks that God wants to influence us. This is why the Bible says all throughout the Word of God, right? Fix your eyes, fix your eyes on God, fix your eyes on Jesus. Just be where God is, and if you show up and you show up in that moment, you are graced by God. And this is the action and the act of entering into spiritual disciplines. Our third value as a church is receiving God's grace daily in order to accomplish His eternal purposes You see, when I enter into spiritual disciplines, it's not to earn the grace of God, but to position myself in a way that I can gain a greater measure of God's presence and grace in my life. That's it. That is the goal of a spiritual discipline, is to position ourselves so God can pour out his spirit upon us. I'm going to be throwing some thoughts at you today, so I want to pray for some of it to stick. Amen. Let's do that right now. Father God, (laughs) you are good, you are gracious, you are amazing, and I pray that somebody here today will be set free from living the wrong way in approaching you. I pray, God, for the eyes that really do see you, ears that hear you, hearts that receive and respond to you, because you are a good, good Father. Amen and amen. So how do I live in this cycle of grace? How do I grow in grace, the grace of God? If grace is here... Dr. Trevor Hudson, who's a great theologian and teacher, um, in South Africa, wrote a book called The Cycle of Grace. I've shared this with you in the past, but I wanted to resurrect it and bring it back to us because I want us to understand it if we're going to enter into spiritual disciplines. So he wrote this book based on the research of two Christian leaders, psychologist Dr. Frank Lake and theologian Emil Brunner. And so what was happening was, this is back in the early, late, 19, uh, early, late 1800s, early 1900s, they, they were looking at missionaries coming back from, on furlough, coming back from overseas. And what they discovered was all these missionaries would leave, and they would go into their mission with great zeal, great energy, and they'd be like, we're so excited to serve God. And what began to happen is they were coming back, and they were burnt out, they were bitter, And they didn't want to go back again. And they're like, what is going on? What is happening that all this is happening? Now, it wasn't all of them, but it was a a large enough number that became something that they began to watch and go, okay, what's going wrong? And so as they began to interview these people and really discover the problem, what they decided to do is to say, okay, we're going to shift that. We're not going to study so much what they did wrong. We're going to begin to study what Jesus did right in his life, and how we can model our life after Jesus. Does that make sense? You see, guys, understand something, guys. You know, Jesus faced enormous stress. Jesus faced enormous pressure. Jesus faced enormous opposition. And not once do we see Jesus cynical, resentful, or burnt out. Now, he got tired, <laughs> and he would reset and refocus and, and get filled up again, But Jesus' life, he lived it in such a way that he was continually faithful to the call of God on his life for the whole entirety of his life. So how did he do that? That's what they wrote, and they wrote this book called, he wrote the book called The Cycle of Grace. So we're going to put that up on the screen now just to show you what the cycle of grace looks like. There's an input into the cycle of grace, how I receive grace, and that's through acceptance and the sustaining that grace through spiritual disciplines. And then there's an outflow of grace in my life, which is my living out my significant calling by God and the fruitfulness in my life. And so this is what Jesus did. Guys, listen to me. There's a limitless supply of grace. It is limitless it's literally learning how to position ourselves to receive that grace. The Bible says you can ask for grace, you can pray for others to receive grace, you can grow in grace, you can have grace multiplied to you, you can be full of grace. Do you understand it? When we get that, when we get the grace of God is really about being in the presence of God, but the Bible also warns us, listen to me, you can fall out of grace. That doesn't mean you're not saved. What it means is somehow you can get this cycle of grace wrong so you stop receiving grace. We'll get there in a moment. Hang in there. You're like, Pastor, what are you talking about? Let's talk about the input of grace. Here's the very first thing. Acceptance. Acceptance. See, Jesus was 30 years old when he began his ministry in Luke 3. It says this. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended on him in the bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, you are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. So here's the things. Acceptance. Number one is this. Jesus was filled with grace before he began his ministry. Church, did you notice the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus in that text and that his baptism? It's a beautiful, a beautiful scripture. And, and do you understand that in order for him to do any of the work of ministry, he needed the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit? You cannot do this life without God's power and presence in you. Amen. We all need the Holy Spirit. Amen? And in other words, you know the word, the word for grace is the word charis, and it's where we get our word charismatic from. Every single believer you meet is actually charismatic. I'm sorry if you're Baptist. You are still charismatic. <laughs> you have been charis'd by God. You follow what I'm saying? You have been regraced by God. Amen and amen we're all pentecostals. No, I, hallelujah. <laughs> we're all full of the grace of God. Guys, this is I'm I'm just reading the Bible. Don't get mad at me. It's right there. Amen. You all need the spirit of Christ in order to live this life. Hallelujah. This empowerment, this anointing that comes by from God in the presence of God is beautiful. But here's the second thought that came out of that scripture. Jesus was accepted by God before he did one thing to earn it. Did you understand that? The father speaks and he says, this is my son whom I love. In him I am well pleased. And then it says, and then he began his ministry. Church, this is the truth that you need to grasp in this moment, that you are loved by God. Your identity is in Christ. You, Who you are, you are a new creation in God. And that power, that anointing that comes, that acceptance by God is the foundation of receiving the grace of God. You are loved by God. You say, well, Pastor, mm, Jesus, I understand is loved by God, but mm, you don't really know me. Well, I do, actually, because here's what First John chapter 4, verse 9 says. This is from the Message Bible. This is the kind of love we're talking about, not that we once in a time loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage we've done to our relationship in God. Listen to this. So we are free of worry on Judgment Day. Our standing in this world is identical with Christ's. Mic drop, walk away, boom, that's a moment. When God looks at you, who does he see? Jesus. You're a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. You don't see yourself that way, and that's the problem. You've got to change the way you think. You got stinking thinking. Come on, you got to get that renewed, amen? And we don't quite understand that, but when God sees you, he sees his son, Jesus. That's that's the truth. You've exchanged your unrightness with God for His rightness with God. That's the deal. Amen? And so we start at this place of approval, our identity. We, We are approved by God, accepted by God, before we do one thing to earn that acceptance. So that's the major input of grace comes by who God is in us. The second one is that we sustain that grace through entering into spiritual disciplines. You know, Jesus did all kinds of spiritual disciplines, guys. His big ones were prayer and solitude. <laughs> Remember, he'd get away with the Father, he'd get away with the Father, he'd get away with the Father. I find it interesting, you've heard me say this a thousand times, you know, when the disciples wanted to be like Jesus, they didn't say, teach us to preach like you preach the fire, the power, oh, Jesus, use the illustrations, how do we do that? He didn't say, oh, Jesus, you know, teach us to love people. Man, it's so hard to love Peter. Help me. That was John. I heard that quoted once. You know what they said? Teach us to pray. Why? Because they understood the grace that sustained him was because he was in the presence of God. Amen? See, Jesus had spiritual disciplines. But he had some really interesting spiritual disciplines too that he sustained grace, and that was his life with others. Jesus would eat with people, hang out with people, talk with people, walk with people, share with people. Do you know that 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 graced him? Because God was present in that moment as well. And so we can go through all kinds of spiritual disciplines. And I'm just going to list a few, and we're not going to go through all these, but I want you to understand them. Richard Foster, in his book, The Celebration of Disciplines, outlines many of these spiritual disciplines. Let's just look at them really quickly. Don't be afraid by these things. They're just for your understanding. The inward disciplines of the believer are meditation, prayer, fasting, study. The outward disciplines, simplicity, solitude, submission, service. The corporate disciplines are confession, worship, guidance, and celebration. It seems like a very intimidating list, doesn't it? But it's like a menu. <laughs> See, you might not be good at all these things, but you can learn to do some of these things. And you might say, I really resonate with that one, man. I love for going for walks in nature alone. How many ever like that? Yeah. Holly, I see walking around the property all the time after work, just basking in the presence of God. That's a good thing, amen? You know, some of you like going to coffee. How many of you like coffee? Is coffee a spiritual discipline? How could that possibly be? It can be. Why? Because you can have coffee with Jesus. You say, well, I don't like coffee. Well, have tea with Jesus. (laughs) Are you following what I'm saying? Guys, listen to me. Do you understand? It's this simple. You actually entered into a spiritual discipline by just showing up for church today. This is a spiritual discipline. You have positioned yourself to receive the grace of God by gathering together with his people, hearing the word of the Lord, entering into worship. You are being graced by God. Woo! This is not hard. This is not rocket science any one of us can enter into spiritual discipline it's beautiful it's awesome it's amazing hallelujah we started talking on tuesday night last week i started talking with the young adults if you're a young adult come next this coming tuesday we're talking about how do you hear the voice of god it was awesome you guys it was so incredible to watch these 40 young adults just start to hear the voice of god it was beautiful You know, you can hear God's voice just by showing up and listening to Him. I'm going to give you this again, guys. The goal of all spiritual discipline is simply to position ourselves in the presence of God. You think, Pastor, that's not true. Come on. 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we who all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Church, just by positioning yourself through various spiritual disciplines and actions and exercises, you position yourself to receive the grace of God. And that's simply his presence, which is the power source of the believer. Amen? Okay, hang in there, hang in there. You're like, ah, confusing, Pastor Greg. Hang on. Now remember, the cycle of grace had an input. The first input was acceptance. The second input was sustenance. But there's also an output. Why you need an input is there's an output. And the output is when you live in your significance, and you express that significance in this world, and then you live in fruitfulness in your life. Those are the outputs of grace in your life and in my life. Now listen to me, the good works that you do, the fruitfulness, the significance that you have is simply because you are filled with the grace of God. Let me explain that. You know, you have an area of significance, everybody does. You may not even know yours fully yet, but you can, you can, be a, you can live in your significance as a mother. You can live in your significance as a school teacher. You can live in your significance as a garbage picker. It doesn't matter. As long as you're in the presence of God in that moment, and you're saying, God, would you fill me to live significantly today? For me, my significance, honestly, uh, a big part of it is preaching the Word of God. It's teaching the Word of God. That's where I feel this incredible outdraw, drawing from me. But there's also this life-giving moment that comes from that. Are you following what I'm saying? I love it, I love it, I love it. I wouldn't want to do anything else with my life. I love it. Now, I have business guys that say the same thing. I love business. I'm like, that is awesome. That's your place of significance. I love being a mom. That's awesome. That's your place of significance. You know, one of the great theologians that I love, uh, Dallas Willard, his spiritual advisor, one of the guys that he connected with all the time, almost on a daily basis was a janitor from his university. He was a university professor, and he would hang out with this janitor, and they would talk about the spiritual things of God. That's what he did all the time. This guy was his mentor. Can you imagine that? Like, this guy, he would, no one would notice him on the campus. And yet God was using this man to influence a man who influenced millions of people. Your significance is in Christ. And then your fruitfulness. Church, listen to me. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. John 15, and you did not choose me, Jesus said, but I chose you and appointed you so that you would go and bear fruit and fruit that will last. Church, listen, we don't understand that, you know, just by walking with God, listening to God, responding to God, God moves in our lives. How many of you ever experienced that on a day-to-day basis? That your fruitfulness, you know, it's not even so much about, you know, doing church activity. Church activity is great. It's actually just doing kingdom activity in your life as you are. It's living in the kingdom of God and expressing that life to the world around you. It's a beautiful and a powerful thing. And often it's just joining God in his work. (laughs) He shows up and whispers to you, and you say, Okay, I'll respond to that. And you have these encounters with God that change things. So, what's the problem, Pastor Greg? The problem is that most Christians don't approach their life with God like this, they follow rather a cycle of works, a cycle of works. Here's the cycle of works, it's just the same picture, but changing the direction of the picture. See, in the cycle of works, people start with fruitfulness, in other words, I do things, then they hope to gain significance or a title or a position by being really fruitful, then they hope to be sustained by that, you know, now call me Pastor Greg, I'm sustained by that, and then maybe they'll be accepted by their Heavenly Father one day. How many of know that doesn't work? <laughs> Has anybody ever figured that out besides me? You ever figure out in your life, like, I, you know, something's wrong? You, how do I know, Pastor Gregory? if I'm in a cycle of grace or if I'm in the cycle of works? I'm going to tell you exactly how you know. By the fruit of what you're experiencing with God. Church, I'm going to tell you something, and this is as true as I can possibly be. I have watched people do the identical same spiritual disciplines one ends up frustrated and angry and, and away from god and one ends up full of the grace and love and peace of god you say how is that possible well one is trying to drive from fruitfulness into significance into you know into eventually into acceptance and the other one is saying, I'm loved by God, I'm, I'm, I'm accepted by God, I know that He'll sustain me as long as I walk with Him, and that's, I'll become significant in this world by influencing others and, and touching others in my life, and that fruitfulness will flow out of my life. Amen? I'm going to tell you, I've done it both ways, guys. I've gone the the cycle of works and I've gone this way and I'm like, why is it so hard? You know, I was telling my wife this the other day (laughs) We were just praying. I'm like, why do I feel so anxious right now? Why am I so upset about something? Like, I was like, what is going on? And I realized I was on the cycle of works. And I had to stop. Now, here's the coolest thing in the world. You can actually stop and turn the cycle the other way. Instantly. It's like going the wrong way, going this way now. You're like, how do you do that? Well, you say, God, forgive me for trying to do this on my own. (sighs) Thank you for showing me that I was trying to do this on my own by removing my peace. Because in the presence of God is peace. And in the presence of God is the fullness of joy. And in the presence of God is his mercies and grace always in my life. And you just turn around. This is the beauty of entering into spiritual disciplines. So here's the question that closes, and the band's going to return now. How are you living in this moment? (laughs) Which way are you moving around the cycle of grace? Where are you starting? Are you flowing in grace or running on empty? Do you start at acceptance or try to earn it by being fruitful? That's the question. And only you can answer that question. The beautiful thing about the kingdom of God is you can change right now simply by saying, God, I'm tired because I've been running on a cycle of works and I got no more strength to pedal. (laughs) and I need to learn to flow like you flowed in a cycle of grace Jesus you said come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest there's a place where you can live in the abundance of the grace of God church I want to live there amen I want to live there and I want you to live there as we enter and grow and and just begin to brush brush strokes on spiritual disciplines. By the way, in the fall, we're gonna be talking more about spiritual disciplines. But for now, I just wanted to brush stroke your summer and say, just understand that when you enter into spiritual disciplines, you're positioning yourself to receive the grace of God. That's it. Can I give you a little hint about Bible study? I love Bible study, and you should dig into the Bible. But what I'm gonna tell you, when you're doing devotions, and you're reading the Word of God, and God shows up and shows you something from the page. Stop. Sit there and ask the Holy Spirit, Why is this coming off the page at me? Why are you speaking to me right now? You know, you can have an encounter with God on one verse of Scripture that'll sustain you for the whole day. <laughs> Amen? Think about these things. Well, let's bow our heads in prayer, close this service today. If you're watching online, we're going to just pray this prayer first and foremost. If you're saying today, Pastor, I've been living in a cycle of works and I feel tired and I feel burnt out and I feel stressed out and I want to turn the cycle around and go the other direction. If that is you, would you join me today and raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me living too much on a cycle of works, lots of us raising our hands right now. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You put your hand back down for a moment. Just say, Father, thank you. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for sustaining me. Thank you for making my life significant and fruitful as I abide in you. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Now hang on, if you're watching online or if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, you're not even on the cycle. You're you're not even riding on a cycle yet. It's time to get on the cycle, it's time to join Christ. It's a tandem bike, by the way, and you need to let him lead the the charge, amen? But you need to get on the bike with him. If you're watching online, if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Greg, I need to get my life right with God. I need to make a decision to follow Jesus. This morning we had somebody give their life to Jesus online today. Amen. We know that God wants to move in your life on your behalf. And you're here not by accident. But you're here because God is for you and not against you. If you want to ask Jesus to come into your life and you're here right now in this church. Raise up your hand and say, Pastor Greg, I I need to get God in my life. I need to get on the bike with him. If you're watching online, let us know that you've made that decision today. Click on that button saying, I have made a first-time decision to follow Jesus Christ today. Amen. Let's give all these people a hand clap today. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, come on. Now, now we're, now we're going to sing this song. We're going to sing this song. And you're going to let this song build. And you're going you're gonna to get off that cycle of works. And you're going to get on a cycle of grace. And all that is is joining Jesus Christ together. Amen? Let's stand and let's sing this song together in closing. Amen.
1: as heaven looked away the son of
0: We sing, hallelujah. sing it now church
1: we sing hallelujah.
0: You're shaking the ground in your life Come on we
1: sing Woo! The Lamb has,
0: has overcome, overcome. <laughs> We sing
1: hallelujah We sing hallelujah We sing hallelujah The Lamb has, has overcome, overcome. Hallelujah! He is alive, he is alive.
0: Just open our hands up to the Lord right now in church in closing. Say, Father I just give you the brokenness of my life and I know that you are here to repair it fully completely. 100% God, to help me to live as an overcomer and to live with you and for you and to know that you are not against me I receive your grace today. In Jesus name Amen. Let's give the Lord Jesus Christ a hand clap. Hallelujah. Yes,
1: Lord. You are awesome. Hallelujah.
0: Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Why don't you go and say about hello to about 18 people before you go. You can go get a coffee you can hang out with some people out there pray for the next service that god by his power and his spirit will move upon the church amen god bless you church you are loved god is with you walk in grace and victory today in jesus name amen